Hey, my name is Joe. I never thought I'd say this, but can I go work now? Hey, it's Bree again. Did I listen to pop music because I was miserable? Or was I miserable because I listened to pop music? What's up, guys? It's Eric. Do we look like the kind of store that sells, I just called to say I love you? Go to the mall. My store is called Championship Vinyl. can't fire them. I hired these guys for three days a week and they just started showing up every day. That was four years ago. Rob Gordon has a successful business and a dedicated following. I used to go to the double door to hear you spin. You were unbelievable. But when it comes to dating... Hi. Hi. Is this Penny Hardwood? Hi, Caroline. He's still searching. Are you in or out, Rob? I'm sorry? Are you in or out, Rob? I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. For the right woman. What's your name? Laura! Now his search may have ended, <laughs> but his problems just started. And I like you with Laura. I don't think much of this Ian guy. What Ian guy? You gotta be kidding me. The night Touchstone Pictures die. presents. How's Ian? He's growing on me. He looks like he could grow on something. John Cusack, Jack Black, Lisa Bonet, Joan Cusack, Eben Yila, Tim Robbins, Lily Taylor, and Catherine Zeta-Jones. Based on the international best-selling novel... Are you gonna line that flower bed all night? No. High Fidelity. I'm looking for a record for my daughter. I just called to say I love you. Do we look like the kind of store that tells I just called to say I love you? Go to the mall. What's your problem? Do you even know your daughter? There's no way she likes that song. <laughs> oh, no, oh, oh, is she in a coma? You're listening to Worth a Late Fee, the podcast where two former video rental clerks watch movies that they may have recommended at one time to see if they still think the film would be worth keeping an extra day or two to watch again even if it meant paying a late fee. What's up, Joe? What's up, guys? Bree, glad you can join us again. Yeah, we have, uh, and Bree's joining us again two, two episodes in a row. I feel I like, um, not that I'm going to try to insert myself <laughs> into every podcast, but the likelihood that I will join during this quarantine probably increases with every day that we stay home, but I'm going to try to not. Yeah. You can come on as many as you want. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. You're the best. Eric might feel it. <laughs> no no and, and this episode is actually we're doing with joe i'll get to the some more details in a second we're doing high fidelity we put it up on instagram they were going to do a record store movie it was between this and empire records and i don't remember the exact stats but more people voted for this so we're doing this one so joe you want to give us the john yeah. movie you want to give us the back of the dvd absolutely so uh from the guys who brought you gross point blank comes the absolutely hilarious high fidelity. John Cusack starts as Rob Gordon, the owner of a semi-filling record store located on one of the back streets of Chicago. He sells music the old fashioned way on vinyl with his two wacky clerks, the hysterically funny rock snob Barry and the more quietly opinionated underachiever Dick. But Rob's business isn't the only thing in his life that's floundering. His needle skips to the love groove when his longtime girlfriend, Lara, walks out on him. And this forces him to examine his past filled attempts at romance the only way he knows how, 
for Rock and Fun Time, give High Fidelity a spin. It should make your all-time top five list for comedies with a bullet. And I forgot to mention, I'm drinking Demo Tape uh, Double IPA from Exhibit A Brewing Company, and that is in... I just saw it, too. No, I don't think so. I think it's Framingham or something. Uh, yeah, Framingham. Very good. I actually bought it like a month ago, and I had already tried it. So it was nice to go into an episode... I've had good luck with the beers that we picked so far, but it's nice to go into an episode knowing that the beer was going to be good. Yeah, I love that can. It looks so cool. Yeah, no, it's it's good. And I got it at Wang's Liquors in uh, lovely Amesbury, Massachusetts. So, yeah. I'm going to say that I've had, <clears throat> I've had the one card, my credit card, I don't ever use, but I have a Discover card that is a cassette tape that looks just like that. <laughs> so, oh, wow. That's since, like, college, yeah. <laughs> That's not bad. My contribution to the whole uh, music genre tonight, because I don't really have a whole lot of decent alcohol selections. So. That's all right, Joe. I don't even drink, so. I have wine God. again. So. God damn it, Joe. He's allowed. He's allowed. Go. You do you, Joe. I might fall asleep after this with the wine, so. <laughs> Nothing better than a little wine sleep. So maybe I'll fall asleep in the middle. Turn the right. I think... <laughs> that wouldn't bode well for you guys. No, no. I know I told Bree this before, but the best night's sleep I ever had, this is the the least ladies' man speech ever, but my neighbor uh, was having a huge party. It was like shortly after high school, I think. And so there was a few, there was like a decent amount of girls over and then like me and my close friends of guys. <clears throat> and uh, so me and my friend Jim got in the hot tub and a few people would get in the hot tub like off and on. But the most, most of the night it was just me and my friend Jim sitting in the hot tub drinking beer and it was winter and I got out of the hot tub and ran home and I was so cold, but I, I slept. I think you could have hit me with a hammer and I would have slept right through it. Is there something about drinking in hot tubs that it's not a good mix? It's you get drunk faster because you're, because oh. your blood's thinner. Oh. oh, I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought it was fine because I was sitting down the whole time and I was just with Jim and Jim was drinking too. Jim was slipping into something. <laughs> Jim, Jim, even when he's sober, is not the brightest bulb. So. No, that's a story for another day. Right, right. So, yeah, we have good, good, good beer, good movie. Uh, Bree, well, when, what was your first memory of this one, Joe? So, well, okay, so I watched this, I think it might have been actually for the first time. Like, I've always watched this movie bits and pieces like scattered but i've never watched it i don't think from start to finish so what i always remembered was other than the music and how violent was a huge thing i always remembered him breaking the fourth wall and that still kind of stuck with me during this viewing so yeah. which is pretty it was pretty cool back then right like that's it was really cool because like being john mcfish did it and um other than that i never really came ferris bueller ferris bueller is the first one that i think of ferris bueller too that's right yep yeah Probably you, Brie. What's your first memory? So I don't remember watching this. If, when you say first memory, do I have this all wrong? Is no, it, no. What, what, just your, what, what, do you, what did you think of when you... Oh, okay. My brother went through a breakup. I have a brother <laughs> who's... I have two older sisters, but I have a brother who is like seven years younger than me. And he went through a bad breakup, um, like we all do. And I remember being like, oh, you just need to see this movie. Because it's that movie, right? And, um, and he watched it, and I think at least temporarily it made him feel better so that's when i think of this movie that's what i think of so my the first time i heard of this movie i didn't see this movie 
it came out, is it 2000, Joe? 2000, yep. Yeah, so it came out in 2000. I didn't see it in theaters, and I don't even remember it, like, you know, being in theaters. I don't think I <clears throat> it jumped out to me, but my first memory, it was it's actually great. I was at, when we worked at the video rental store, before you got there, I worked with this guy, Tony, who I think Brie actually went to school with her, his, like, stepbrother or something, but um, he he was great where he would recommend all these like random movies. Not that this one was that random, but this is one of the movies. He was like, you have to see it, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I remember seeing it because he told me to pretty much. I would just see pretty much any movie he he gave me, I would watch. And I remember seeing it and liking it. And then my second memory is when Brie and I started dating, she owned like six DVDs (laughs) and this is one of them. So yeah. we watched it a few, I don't know how long, like five years ago or something like that, a few years ago. I'm not a big movie rewatcher. So for Get me out. to have a DVD, I know, this is the wrong podcast for me. I thought this is about something else entirely. No, but I, I, Eric's right. I have a very small collection of DVDs. So, so is this, was this your first time watching this since you last saw it together? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, so that was probably, we probably watched it, I don't know, a few years ago, and then uh, then we watched it last night, so yeah. Awesome, okay. So we're going to do a little bit different. I'm not going to try to go through the, the, you know, step-by-step breakdown of the plot. Um, I'm just going to give you an overview of some of the players and and what's going on, but like Bree said, it's it's kind of a breakup movie. So Rob Gordon, so that's John Cusack. He owns a, a, a record store, like Joe said, like the back of the DVD said, Championship Vinyl. And he works with <clears throat> a couple of, uh, you know, lovable, lovable losers types. So Barry, played by Jack Black, and uh, Dick, played by a guy named Todd Luizzo. And they just love to sit around, talk music, talk top five albums, top five performances, top five whatever. And he's dating this lady, Laura, and Laura breaks up with him. And after he's dumped by Laura, he tries to understand how he failed in his past relationships uh, by finding his, his old partners. And he comes up with a list of top five. At first, it's and just to go through, we don't have to go through the whole, you know, the detailed breakdown of each one. But it's Alice, his first list is Allison Ashmore, who's a middle school girl who, he, who made out with him for like three days then left him for a guy that she ended up marrying at the end. Penny Hardwick, who is a girl he dated in high school and tried to, you know, get physical with, and she shot him down. Jackie Alden, who I guess this is based on a novel, and I guess they get into it more in the novel. And in the novel, they'd say that um, he, she ended up marrying his best friend, but <clears throat> they don't really talk much about Jackie Alden here because she ends up getting bumped off the top five list for Laura, who just left him. And then Charlie Nicholson played by Catherine Zeta-Jones. Uh, and that was a girl that he dated and he thought of as being like too hot for him. And uh, he had a bunch of insecurities and all that stuff. And then Sarah Kendrew, who was a girl who was going through similar points, similar things in life. And uh, she was on his level. He thought of her as on his level. So those are the, the top five. Uh, Jackie gets bumped off the list for, uh, Laura. for Laura. With a bullet. Right. But so uh, she was on the list to start. And then the other girl that factors in is Lisa Bonet. She plays a girl named Marie DeSalle, who is a local musician who Rob has like a one night stand with. So that's pretty much it. 
<clears throat> and so, yeah, Laura breaks up with him, and then he's trying to figure out his life and trying to figure out what he does, what he did wrong through his old relationships. And he, after he does all that, he hears that Laura's father, who who liked him, passed away, and he she go he goes to attend the funeral with Laura, and shortly after the reception. Rob realizes he never really went all in with Laura and he always had one foot out. And uh, afterwards he and Laura moved back in together and it's kind of like all uh, everything starts to work out. And Barry Jack Black has a show or there's a record release thing because Rob's also started his, uh, what is he called? He calls it top five records. Top five top records. Five records yeah. Yep. Which is great. That's one of my favorite, like little parts. Yeah. And he picks up these two local kids and that have a band and he starts a record or he has a record release party and Barry's band plays it, which at first he thought was going to be a huge disappointment, but uh, ends up being pretty good. So, and it's, and it's kind of cool to watch now. Brie and I were talking about earlier because, you know, Jack Black, now he has Tenacious D. And, he did. I don't even know if he does. Oh yeah, he did. Yeah. He later, he had a music career later on, but at this point I don't think he did. And it's like, oh, you know, that guy's actually pretty talented. He's a total goof, but... Oh, yeah. Know. School of Rock. Have you ever seen School of Rock? No. I have, yeah. I oh, haven't yeah. seen it forever. He kills in that movie. Right. So so that's pretty much it. It's, it's, it's basically just a guy who gets totally floored by a breakup, and then he starts trying to figure it out um, by backtracking. And he tries, to, he tries to contact all of those top five and figure out, like, what went wrong, what he could have done differently whatever right am i missing anything guys no that's pretty that's, that's that's pretty much it like you said it's not a whole lot happens in between other than him trying to kind of redeem himself right sorry my dog just came flying up the stairs so hi <laughs> grew yeah so um another cool little random cameo is when laura leaves i mean her next man is is played by is this guy named ian Ray played by Tim Robbins and I, I don't think of Tim Robbins as a funny guy or even as a guy that has a sense of humor at all you think of him as like Shawshank Redemption and and uh you know movies like that Mystic River yeah. and so to see him in this as a as like a hippie weirdo he's like a conflict resolution <laughs> professional if they allude to that at one point but my favorite part with him really quick is John Cusack references or alludes to like really bad cooking smells when Ian lived upstairs. And then the first time you actually see him on screen where it's not like a, a daydream, he's stirring a pot and pops his head into the bedroom where Laura is on the phone and says, I could use a second opinion. And he has like something brewing in this weird, whatever pot that he's creating. I just love that he's, he's a total weirdo. Yeah, and he's exactly the guy where... You'd hate him. Yeah, oh, and if your girl left you for him, you'd be like, what the... What yeah. the hell? Like, I, this, I know he was in this movie. I, I watched it again, like I said, for the first time pretty much, and I know he was in this. And with the age difference between the two of them, you can tell he's way older than Laura is that time. Way older. Yeah. He's got the ponytail. He's got the ponytail, like, right here, if I remember correctly. He, he reminds me, Joe, of... Um, uh, not quite the same, but when we worked at movie scene, oh, I'm gonna say it. <laughs> what? What? I'm gonna say that guy who uh, the the pawn shop guy. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I knew that's where you were going with this. <laughs> so when we were at the video rental store, Joe and his friend Ryan, uh, and just to show that they had absolutely no good instincts. We, he's a nice guy. He's, I, he's a nice guy. <laughs> and I think he's since passed away, so. Um, so you're speaking all of the day. Yeah, but he was this, so Joe at the time was like 18 years old, and there was this guy who was 40-something weird, we, at least 40-something. Randall, right? Randall, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and he would come in and talk at like 10.30 with you and, and Ryan about random movies or whatever. And then one day, Joe's like, oh, me and Ryan have been going to the pawn shop with Randall. <laughs> was that one time, yes. And I was like, Joe, you're going to die. Like, we're going to find your body in a dumpster somewhere. <laughs> I, I was texting you, and I think it was Ricky, you and Ricky, to make sure, you know, I was still alive and kicking at the time. Yeah. But he was, like, he, he was super nice. Though. So, Joe, you're like, you didn't get chopped up and put in Tupperware. So, he was a regular for a while. He, he, was a little, he was a little cooked up at times, for sure. But <laughs> super nice, all right? He got me, I remember, I forgot what movie was like that we cut. I think it was Fletch, it was Fletch. So we got talking on this movie Fletch with Cherry Chase and how much we both loved it or whatever. And so Christmas time, a couple months later, you know, he's our regular at this point, he comes in late at night. He got me Fletch for Christmas. <laughs> so, he wanted to kill you. Yeah. Maybe. But, <laughs> but you survived. I was too quick for him. I remember I got a text from Joe one day that was like, Eric, tell my mom I love her. And I was like, what? Joe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Randall. I miss him. Yeah, rest in peace, Randall. But so yeah, that I mean, we don't we don't want to get too much into the plots. That's what we're gonna because it's a lot of not necessarily in a bad way, it's a lot of repetition, but <clears throat> um so Joe, you haven't seen that you hadn't seen this, right? No, like I said, I remember bits and pieces from it, but never like to put it fully together. Cool, cool. I'm 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 excited then. So um you wanna start with what your Joe, who is your favorite cast member? Okay, so this is where it gets tricky. So, like, favorite cast member and favorite character are two different things. Okay. So, I'm going to start off with favorite character. And that would probably be, um, well, obviously the music puts a big character in the movie, as is, like, you know, and the friends are really cool. Dick and I think it was, I think it was Barry. They're really good. Yeah. Um, Liz is great. <laughs> but it has to be Laura, I feel like. She's sort of one-dimensional in the film, but she puts up with a lot. And yeah, she still tries to keep everything civil between the two of them. Wow. She has every reason to want to break up with Rob, right? Like, mm -hmm. he's, he, he does a lot of stupid stuff during their, uh, when they're <coughs> together. Then when they get back together, which drove me crazy, she's even the one who pushes towards his dream in the end. And, yeah. uh, and, it's, it's, and I get we're only getting one side of the story in this movie. We're getting his side pretty much, um, which is why I think the scene with Liz is so important. But it's just the fact that Lara was kind of like, she put up with a lot. And we don't know, you know, what she did that was wrong. Because, again, it's, one side, it's a one-sided story. But, yeah, like, I could have easily pick and picked Dick. But, like, he doesn't have enough screen time either. But he's a great character. Okay. So, I'm going to go with Lara for favorite character. But now, for favorite actor, I'm going to pick John Cusack. Okay. Because, okay, so... Rob sucked, all right? He was awful. He was, I thought Ross from Friends is completely self-absorbed and annoying, but he proved me wrong, all right, on every level. John Cusack, though, he <laughs> plays a character with overwhelming flaws. The character he plays has very little to redeem. Like, he's just, a, he's just not, he is obviously doesn't know what he's doing at the time, but he's 
not the greatest person. And somehow Cusack keeps us connected to that character, even though he's not a good person. So Cusack, I thought, nailed that portrayal of Rob, who's very much about himself and, you know, conflicted throughout. Okay. All right, Bree, who's yours? I really liked Joan Cusack as Liz. And I think that comes from being a sister to three people. So I loved, I know that she wasn't John Cusack's sister (laughs) in the movie, but just knowing that uh, sibling dynamic exists, obviously, off screen, just the way that she treated him as a friend still had a very familial feel to me. And I just I just loved her straight shooting, like, no-nonsense sort of attitude. Mm-hmm. Loved it. When she comes in, after she finds out what he really did to her is so yep. good. She just comes yeah. in and yells at him and just leaves. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Rob, you effing asshole. <laughs> she just walks out. He just, like, shows at her. It's just classic. <laughs> and then her face, oh, my gosh, when Laura is getting into it, and telling Liz over lunch all of the details of what went wrong, essentially, in the build-up to the breakup. Um, and Liz says, and I just think it's such a simple line, but she delivers it so well, and I think you're thinking it as a viewer, too. She says, that is shocking. That is shocking. And you're like, yeah, that is pretty shocking. You didn't see it being that bad, you know? Because, right. again, I think that's, to your point, you were seeing – just the one side of the story before that. Right. So you kind of let us in a little bit late to the game on that one. Right. My, my favorite cast member, I, similar to Joe, different favorite cast member, but my, my favorite cast member is Barry, uh, Jack Black, just because I think he's always funny. And in the, in the movie, so serious. Not, not, I mean, it's a comedy, but it's so kind of like down a lot. Like, oh, my girlfriend left me or, this guy cheated on me or whatever. And every time Jack Black's on the screen, it's, it's funny. And he kind of, he brings an element to the movie that no one else does. Um, so he's my favorite. <laughs> he's kind of the star of the movie to me, but my, but I agree with Joe and I, I wrote exactly, I wrote down exactly what you said that I can't imagine how hard it is, how hard it would be to just act just one-on-one with the camera for a decent portion of the movie. And, um, and I love John Cusack. I, I really do. I, I, he's in a lot of good movies. And I agree that, his, that Rob was a tool in the, in the movie, but his performance was, um, was great. So I agree with you on that. What, Joe, what's your favorite part of the movie other than uh, cast member? Uh, I loved when they were um, they're on, the music, they're on the music store and Dick is getting close with Anna at this time. And Rob tells him he's going to sell five copies of the beta band. And Dick just responds with "Do it," and so he puts on that uh, the beta band. I think it was three songs, um, yeah. and people in the the customers start, you know, nodding their heads and you know, bumping to the music. And like for a brief moment, it seems like a victory for a character who doesn't seem to get many in his own mind. Yeah, and then yeah. of course he gets robbed seconds later. So that's <laughs> yeah, alright, Bree. I think when it also takes place in championship final, the record store, Jack Black, AKA Barry's big entrance. Dancing up a storm to the favorite part of the movie. Favorite part of the movie. 1983 classic Katrina and the waves walking on sunshine. You really got got into it. (laughs) He really got into it. And I will tell you, I will get more into my opinion on the movie later, but that 
particular scene makes the whole entire thing worth watching, if you ask me. My, what makes the movie worth watching to me, and Joe, I want to see if you, you kind of mentioned what it reminded you of earlier, but my favorite part of the movie, other than a, an individual cast member, was just the kind of the, the interactions between Barry, Dick, and Rob. And because it reminded me a lot of working at the video store and, and just endless conversations about, you know, who are your, like, we would do that back in the day. Like, what are your top five, you know, this? And what's your favorite movie? What's your least favorite movie? And, and you kind of have that thing where you don't, you're, you don't want to admit that you like the big movies. You want to, you only want to talk about indie movies and you want to find movies that people aren't aware of and kind of rub it in their face that they're not aware of it. And, act surprised that they've never seen it you know what i mean yeah nope that's nailed and that's, i think that's why this movie like, like you just talked like you just mentioned this movie kind of is relatable to the point where <laughs> i still come up with top five lists all the time for movies of the year or tv shows of the time or whatever oh yeah and, and like you said though the, the characters are so good like dick and barry their personalities are so different so like they're always they're bouncing off each other pretty well dick's always calm and nice and trying to be supportive of rob and Barry's just kind of like, you know, a free spirited, you know. Right. But you need, you need Barry to, to keep it like light. Cause if right. it was just Dick and, jo and uh, Rob, it would be like a real downer <laughs> all the time. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I, I love that. And I, I love when I, uh, Rob's like, I can't fire them. I hired them. Like I hired them to work three days a year, three days a week. And they just, kept coming that was four years ago or something like that so and again that's like movie scene we, would, exactly. we would come off we would come in all the time on our day offs and just hang out so. yeah 100 percent. that's that's what i mean like yeah we'd be off and then we'd come in and just talk movies for like two hours a night so yeah no i that that was my favorite part of the movie even cast member everything that was that was kind of my favorite part of the movie so uh bad news oh i had a favorite part that i didn't include go ahead so Sorry, Joe, but I have a favorite part, like just in general, that I didn't include. But okay, yeah. I think one thing that I do, and I get it from my dad, is using music as a landmark <laughs> oh my in my life. And Eric can attest to it. My dad will be like, oh, yeah, Fire and Rain by, you know, James Taylor came out in whatever, the summer of 76, I was staining the porch. Yeah. Like, it's really... It's weird. It's, and it's like, it's not the things you'd remember. It's not like, oh, that's the summer we got married. It's like, I was retiling the bathroom. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> I ask Eric, I do that all the time. Yeah. So... I don't know. I just, I'm not even like a big music buff. I love listening to music more so than like watching movies or watching television. But I loved seeing that someone else did that when he was organizing, reorganizing his records autobiographically. I love that. I loved that. Yeah, that was great. So sorry, but I had to add that in. No, that's okay. okay. Uh, Joe, least favorite cast, uh, cast member? Um, so <laughs> kind of like, I don't want to like sound repetitive, but. I thought Catherine okay. Zaya Jones, she played Charlie pretty well. <laughs> like we, you, you, you got you, the his portrayal in his mind of her being like this pretty thing that he couldn't get with was really accurate because she is pretty. But I don't. She's think, all right. She's she's all right. But <laughs> I don't think she, that like that needed to be. That wasn't necessary because just another reassurance for another victory for him that wasn't his own. That he didn't really resolve. It's just that he didn't like how she acted with her friends. So I feel like they could have left that whole thing out and 
just kind of continue with the story without that because she was a focus for five minutes. And like, again, a phone call would have been, you know, enough to be like, you know, okay, I get it. I talking over the phone and having her act like that over the phone would be enough. I think than having a dinner party with her and seeing it in person. Yeah. I have a, I have something similar to that, but it won't breathe. No, okay. So my least favorite cast member was actually the one that Lisa Bonet played. So Maria, uh, DeSalle and the reason I didn't hate her or anything, but I thought similar. I thought that everything you got from her, you already got from Catherine Zeta Jones. It was like an unrealistically hot girl. And he had like a one night stand with her and, and stuff like that. But I, I, where it wasn't in his top five and that, that plot never really went anywhere. I was kind of just like, I, I probably could have done without, without that. I think he might have needed it because she was sleeping with Ian. Yeah. And so he needed it as like a rebound, but yeah. Then I guess what I would say is I wish they picked a more realistically because Lisa Bonet's she's all right looking. She's doing okay for herself. So I wish that Eric has a huge crush on her. You guys. I I do. I do. (laughs) But yeah, so that, that was, I, a lot of what you said, Joe, I feel about uh, Charlie's character, Catherine Zeta Jones character. I felt that way about Lisa Bonet. So, Brie, who is uh, your Lisa Bonet? Uh, real quick, out of curiosity, Lisa Bonet, is she in the series, the new series now? She isn't, right? So that's her daughter. Let, so with uh, Lenny Kravitz, she has a daughter named Zoe, who is her freaking twin. Oh, okay. Because I, I just happened to see a trailer for her, and she looked exactly like her. Okay. Yeah, no, she does. You would think, like, lightning struck twice with those good genes, but it's bananas, like, how beautiful her mom is and then how beautiful she is. So... <laughs> Yeah, those jeans, they done good twice. Yeah. So, Brie, your uh, least favorite cast member? Hands down, Rob. Rob is the worst. Yeah, he's, no, he definitely is. I couldn't pick him twice, I feel like. so. He's just awful. I mean, I went back and forth because I think the easy answer is Ian. You're supposed to hate Tim Robbins. He's annoying. He's obnoxious. He's He stole the girl. But when you find out like what was going on and why there was so much unhappiness in Rob's relationship with Laura. Yes. No, we don't know what Laura did wrong, but I feel like if anyone would have told us it'd be Rob. So I, I've been going back and forth since we watched this last night and my, my view of everything is that I do think Rob's a jerk but I think that the lesson is from it all is that everyone leaves relationships thinking that the other person was an asshole and, you know, it was all their fault and you're the victim and whatever. And I think that Rob had, the, I think they went a little extreme with the flaw, the mistakes that Rob made, like cheating on her when she was pregnant or, or something like that. But I think that that's the, that's kind of what I took from it is like that too, too often you see a movie where there's a good person who gets cheated on or gets dumped or whatever. And you're like, why did you do that? But I think they made him kind of flawed to, to show the other side of it. And that's what the whole journey of him talking to his exes is, is he in the beginning, he shares this, like the girl that, that didn't sleep with him in high school. He remembers it as, I tr- we were dating, I tried to hook up with her, she shut me down, and then she slept with the next guy. 
And then when he meets up with her again and talks to her, she's like, no, I wanted to have sex with you. I was just too young. And then I made a mistake and slept with the next guy because you made me feel like a, like a piece of crap. You know what I mean? So my least favorite scene, by the way, and that's when it really solidified it for me, like watching it as a full blown adult that like, he's so awful because you'd think when he was in high school, sure, people make mistakes and they're kind of short-sighted. And then he's meeting back up with Penny, hopefully having learned a lesson or two. He reopens this wound for her that was clearly super traumatic. She mentions the fact that she couldn't have sex until after college from that. And then he's just like, oh my God, you're right. I dumped you. Like he doesn't, he is not concerned about her in the slightest. And it just, I don't know. He just really, he really bugged me this time. Oh no, definitely. Like that's, that's another, like I, I that's another reason why I, I can't stand like this. Laura finally, leaves a, she leaves her boyfriend cheating on her because you know, she figures out that she, that she wasn't focused on her. And, uh, when he, when, uh, they began a new relationship with his former neighbor, the only thing he can focus on is whether she's had sex with him or not. Yes. And then when he, when she, he finds out that she hasn't, what does he do? He goes, and has a one eye stand with, Lisa's character right to get ahead of it right exactly I'm like oh I was like oh man this character man <laughs> yeah and I love John Cusack it's like if it not for anything else kind of exactly what you said Joe it's like a testament to him on as to what a great actor he is yep. because he played someone who's kind of lousy <clears throat> very very well yep Joe what's your least favorite thing other than a cast member um I put down I know this is probably going to be not agreeable, but I don't like how Laura got back with them at the end. No, I think that's totally agreeable. Yeah. Okay. Like I, he put her through a lot. He saw <laughs> her and it seemed like it happened pretty quickly to the point where she was all forgiven and took her father's death to kind of realize that, you know, she did less so like him. Or I don't even know if it was because she was just kind of like succumbing to the fact that he just wouldn't let go of her. But yeah. I feel like it just, it was just a bad move on her part. And what does he do once they get back together? He fucked with the uh, columnist girl. Oh, yeah, the reporter. So yeah, so it's like, and then she still, she knows about it, and she still kind of, like, goes along with it. I'm like, <laughs> so I think it would have been better if he kind of figured out on his own, you know, maybe go on a different road with someone else. Almost like, uh, have you ever seen 500 Days of Summer with Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Yes. Mm-hmm. The entire movie's focused on um, Zoya Chanel's character, but in the end, he finds someone else. I kind of wish it was like kind of like that, where he's always like thinking about Laura, this one girl, but at the end, he might find someone else. I don't know. Right. I just feel like she knew a lot, and she knew him well enough to know that that probably isn't the best move. Mm-hmm. Bree? Um, it's very in line with what <laughs> you're saying, Joe. I just didn't like how... Like, I get that not all relationships or I should say no relationship is perfect, but it showed like the good, the bad, and like the really, really ugly of a relationship. But then at the end when they got back together without really much redemption and still seeming like there were a lot of like cracks in the foundation, if you will, it, that just doesn't, it didn't sit well with me. And, and it, to me, felt like maybe they got back together out of a place of comfort or complacency rather than like they really should be together. Right. Definitely not a fairy tale. So I have I have a separate um, thing, but I guess to add on to what you guys are saying is it, it would have been nice if there was a more there was more of a 
like realization by Rob, like if Rob had more of like a, oh, I've been a, I've been a moron. And I, and I, I had all these women who are, you know, each flawed, but great women. And I, and I messed it up more. If he, if he owned up to it more, I agree that that would have been better. And, yeah. and so then even if they ended up together, if they ended up together, but it was after he was like, I was an idiot. Like I would, it would have been easier to take. Yeah. Did they stay together? They did. Yeah. They did. And like you, like you said, Eric, if I saw like a road, the road he took to get to a better place with her, maybe I would have accepted it a little more. But it just takes her father's death, and then they just hook up in the car. And like from there on out, it's like smooth sailing. Right. Right. So that was that. That was an add-on based on what you guys are saying. But <clears throat> the other thing that I, I didn't really like was I. And this is probably going to keep coming up when we do movies, but I don't like when a movie has. They, they just like dip their toes into a plot line and it, it's because it's, it's just like fat to me, like you didn't need it. And that whole thing about him and the, the uh, trying to start a record label with those two high school kids or whatever they were, I wish they either dove more into that and it was more like him pursuing his, his passion of music or they just didn't do it. Because it was, to me, it just seemed like you almost forget about it. You're like, he, he has these two kids. I, so I wish they either dove into it and it was, and she uh, pursued him because she was like, he's finally making something of himself. He's finally pursuing his passion. Or I wish that he just started hosting local shows of the record store where Barry's band played and it was like a, a feel good thing. But I thought those, that extra, they didn't, they, they, it was like they could have done less or more, but they kind of stayed in between. and I, I didn't really care for it. See, I actually agree with that. I, I put down one of, one of my notes actually I didn't mention because I, you know, uh, but I mentioned that I feel like they, he was a DJ and they talked about him being a DJ in the past. Yeah. About the girls. I kind of wish they focused on that being his like passion. Right. He selects music at the music store, the beta, whatever the band was. Um, and he plays songs from the sell, like to sell people on it. That's pretty much what DJs do. They try and, you know, they put music on that people might like or they think they might yeah. like. So I feel like that was like a that could be a cool foreshadowing of him following that dream of being a DJ, which he does right. at the end. But like you said, the record label was just kind of like a tacked on bonus career for him. Right. Yeah, and, and and you don't know if it ever really turned into anything other than that one little, you know, you don't really get any follow up on that. So yeah, I, I like either more of it or less of it, but they kind of got caught in between. Um, so favorite scene, Joe. I already kind of touched upon it briefly, but it's when they were trying to sell the beta band when um, they all, again, it was like a happy moment. He's kind of showing his brief DJing skills where he is putting on an album where I know about, which fun fact, actually, after he put after this soundtrack hit, this band sold a bunch of albums, which is pretty, pretty awesome. Um, but the beta band, once he puts them on the store, people start bobbing their heads and again he sells he sells the albums yeah no yeah and and i think brie you already mentioned your favorite scene right mm -hmm. so my my favorite scene was the intro to barry jack black's character because again he's just he's funny he makes you smile and at the beginning of the movie it's kind of a little bit heavy not not like anything too serious is happening but i just love him jack black he's he's a character and he in the, in the minute he's on the screen you're it's entertaining or whatever. So that was probably my favorite scene of the movie. It's not the most serious, but 
Oh, he was awesome. And like that first impression, I thought I was going to hate him pretty early on, but he grows in you pretty fast. <laughs> well, and he's great because, you know, like whether it's a movie store or a video store or a coffee shop, those environments have people that take themselves too seriously. And you need someone like that. You needed him in this movie to, to every once in a while, like snap him out of it and make fun of them and kind of point out how ridiculous they were. I, I don't agree with him tossing Bell Sebastian, but other than that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the next thing that we always talk about is the soundtrack. So this is kind of weird. What were your thoughts of the soundtrack, Joe? The soundtrack of this movie is a character. So it's like, I feel like I have to say it was really good. And it played a huge part of the film. Like Bruce was saying earlier, he, he literally, Rob lives by music. He categorizes soundtracks based on his life. He plays a song depending on his emotions at the time. So, tracks aside, because these was awesome. I mentioned Bell Sebastian, um, The Smiths, uh, all the music that I still listen to on occasion, but I liked it the most because it was a character. So that's kind of my, I think that music was a character, but one of the things that was weird, but not in a bad way to me, is that I didn't think the soundtrack was actually as good as you would have assumed it would be for a movie like this. Um, but I think that it was more just music in general was such a huge part of their lives, but it wasn't, it wasn't like the actual soundtrack was that great, but the, like, I, so I think the character of music was in there, but I don't think the soundtrack was as good as you would think it would be for, cause like you, all the stuff you just listed, Oh, they talked about the Smiths. They talked about exactly they talked yeah. about Bell and Sebastian. Right. They talked about like, you know, Fleetwood Mac, but they never played the song. So it's like, kind of like, that's why it's like more of a character. I feel like than an actual playlist. I read an interview uh, or like a, uh, an excerpt from an interview and it was, I think it was John Cusack was talking about how they had a really hard time finding music to put into the movie because they didn't want, they uh, like, they, they didn't think it would be believable if any of the characters were into well-known music. So they didn't feel like they could say, oh, you know, Barry's a huge Nirvana fan because they thought that Barry, the character, would actually be such a record store snob that he would think that Nirvana or, you know, whatever band was, they'd gone mainstream and they were a sellout. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, that's, yeah. that's pretty accurate. That's, that's true. really cool, yeah. Bree? Um, I liked it. I think it was just kind of what you were talking about, how maybe none of the songs were, like, ones that I knew well because it, it predated a little bit, like, when I was into music and also because they're such music snobs, it is like specialty, like stuff. It's not top 40 or whatever, but I did love shout out to Lisa Bonet's cover of Peter Frampton because I just, I love, I do like that scene, even though like she's not my favorite character, not quite sure how needed she is, but I do love that scene when they're all like, I, I hated this song. Or I thought I did, yeah. you know, like, it's just, I don't know. I just, that is a very memorable scene. I think she does a great job with it. And I really love the rewatching it when um, Dick is like, Oh, she's kind of got like a Cheryl Crow type of vibe. She totally does. And it, but he's like, he's like, she's like a Cheryl Crow, but black. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. So, so that was a soundtrack of the movie. Um, and, and we talked about this, earlier joe do you want to kind of pitch the extra thing that we're doing for this episode a little bit yeah so we're talking about 
this movie has a lot of top five categories. So we're going to do a oh, real quick that uh, we kind of talked about it, but that could have been another favorite thing of my movie is just the top five thing. Cause like you said, I could do that all day. That's one of my favorite things to do. Sorry. Go it's, ahead. It's, it's, no, it really is. It's such a like good time. It's a relaxing time killer. I love making top five lists. Right. So since this movie's all about breaking up and breakups and sad topics, we're talking about making a top five playlist for best breakup songs. So what we're going to do is each of us are going to talk about our favorite breakup song. And then we are going to add the other four from each of us onto a Spotify playlist. So yes. it, could be, it could be a cool idea. It could be a, yeah. you know, if you're going through a breakup, you're going to get sad over our music choices. But spoiler alert, we all have six. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's all right. So, uh, Joe, I think we should have Brie go in the middle because she's got a different style than you and I. So who, okay. who do you want, you want to go first? Yeah, sure. So my favorite breakup song is uh, My Backwards Walk by Frightened Rabbit. This is a song I've listened to since high school. And it really, this whole album that I came from called The Midnight Organ Fight is one giant breakup album pretty much. And every song is pretty much poetry the it's one of the best stories i've ever heard written um and every song is pretty much it's about a breakup but it's about what he the singer did wrong pretty much so it's a really cool take on the whole breakup category i guess for cool. music cool yeah so my the the one I, I won't say it's my favorite but the one that i'm going to list is uh damn it by blink 182 and the reason I would list that is all the other songs. Blink-182 was like the first band that I listened to that was kind of this style of music that led me down the musical path I went down in high school and shortly after high school and stuff. So um, the other bands are going to be lesser known bands, but uh, the other songs are going to be lesser known songs by Damn It from, from Blink-182 is, is one of my favorite. And it's I still hear that song and I, and I just love it. I, I think it's such a great, such a relatable song. So that's the one that I'll list, uh, and then you can check out the playlist for more. Brie, quick quick turn. So I think I missed the memo, yeah. because I didn't go with, like, no. 90s or 2000s, but I uh, also took a departure because I specifically went for upbeat breakup songs. I just, I don't know, I still need upbeat stuff. We're in the middle of this really weird time, so why the hell not? So... <clears throat> Teaser on what else could be on my list, and they're all super random, and Eric hates most of my choices. But no. the one that I'll mention, the one that I'll kind of like uh, do like an appetizer, musical appetizer, is I Want You Back by the Jackson 5. I'm not sure. I mean, this is also a child singing about a breakup. So MJ did it maybe before he even knew what he was talking about. Um, and before he got weird, that's for sure. But classic Motown, love it, always will, always have. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've got, I, I'm not going to say I have the best six in the playlist, but I think mine are better than Eric's. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, we'll have to, someday since Bree brought up MJ, we'll have to get a video, video of you doing the Thriller dance. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Joe, Joe nails I, I may have fooled myself. Did you really? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! It was a, I did this for the talent show, man. This is for the oh, talent oh. show. So I made a fool oh, of myself. Yeah, yeah. I, oh yeah. 
When I was a kid, my grandmother, quick side story, my grandmother had like the making of that music video on VHS at her house. And that's how big that music video is. It was like, you know, they had a whole street to video, but like a video about the making of that. So. Oh, it's cool. Love that. Love it. Joe. I can't hear Michael Jackson now without thinking about music karaoke guy, musical bingo guy going. And there's the King of Pop with. Uh... In case you weren't aware of what the song was. Right. In case you didn't know what Thriller was, I'm looking to who Michael Jackson is. But does the audience know about musical bingo? I, I don't know. I feel like we did mention it one time, but Joe and I, when we started talking about where, kind of where the podcast came from, we used to go to this bar in our town called The Tap, which is great. And obviously they're currently closed down with everything going on, but I can't wait to get back there. And we would just talk about movies and we would do that while playing musical bingo. So this guy would play a song and you would have a card and you'd mark off if you had the song, it's pretty easy. But he would he would give the answers out and it used to make us so mad because it was like, if someone doesn't know- This is Michael Jackson. Yeah, if someone doesn't know Michael, you shouldn't give any answers yeah. out, but you definitely shouldn't have to explain that this is Michael Jackson. So now, Eric, you say musical bingo is fairly easy. What is your record victories to loss? Joe and I, between the two of us, how many games do you think we've played? So if we usually played, say we average three games a week each. We usually get too frustrated by, by the second games where we usually call it quits anyways. But okay. Yeah. So let's say we average two games each a week, so four games, and we've probably been there, what, at least how many times? Oh, I don't even know. A year? Fifty-two? No, not quite that. But say say half that. Say like twenty-five ish, Joe. Yeah, that sounds that's that sounds that sounds right. And we've won one game. One game. <laughs> if you guys happen to end up being accompanied by female <clears throat> friends, how? What is the the probability that that female friend will win? It's very high. <laughs> yes. Right. Well, who's your friend? Your friend Eric. Who was? Who was? Uh. Amanda? Uh, Amanda won. She won two games, and she, it, yeah, Amanda won, and then it was the like next, our first time there that we've seen her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Joe and I are the only ones that are there every week, and we never win. And I, I swear that that guy has the winning card on the bottom of the, like he's dealing from the bottom. He has the winning card in the bottom of his stack, and he walks around. And he's like, "Oh, you're cute," and he gives like he doesn't say that, but he gives it to a good-looking girl every single time. Well, I mean, you also did really bad talk, Nickelback, which hurt him and us so i'm sure our chances have really gone downhill since your nickelback comments well that was one of the last times we went so <laughs> i'm okay with that i'm okay with what i said about nickelback i'm okay with the world knowing that i as a canadian american the one thing i'm ashamed of is, is nickelback but so anyway and my con- contributions to the spotify playlist of breakup songs no i'm not no i'm that's, 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 a, that's a good first pick for sure thanks joe it goes downhill real fast <laughs> So back to back to high fidelity, um, you know our, our our ranking system scale of one to five. Would you mind paying a late fee for this movie? So one is you rent it, you watch five minutes of it, you return it that night. You don't ever want to watch it again. Five is you're you're willing to keep it for as many days as you need to. Maybe even buy it from the video store. Um, I don't know who I want to start with. Bree, uh, no, jo- Joe. What's what's your ranking or what's your rating? So with everything that I kind of talked bad about, I talk, I feel like I talked more bad than good in this movie, but that's just because of the character, that's who the character was supposed to be, I feel like. So I think it's a four. I think it's a four. Um, Rob, I'm not sure how many times I could watch this over and over again. It's a solid 
you know, I might watch this again, maybe a year or two on the line, but it's hard to watch Rob kind of go down his road of heartbreak and trying to redeem himself, which he really doesn't do. But the idea of kind of him being lost in like his thirties is, you know, it's not, I'm sure people have gone through it and people will go through it. So it's not like this outlandish thing, but it's just kind of like, it's a hard watch over and over again. I feel like. Okay. You go next. So on here, but like, I, no, it's good. I, I talked more bad than good, but I do like this movie. I really do. Okay. So I had, I had an up and down. So the movie was not as good as I remembered it being, but I think what I thought about it today, um, and I try to, I kind of tried to like rationalize why they did certain things, and and I came up with that idea that I really think that part of it was showing that everyone's there's two sides to every breakup or whatever. That was part of it, but the thing that really saved it for me and bumped it an extra half point was uh, I love the record store. Um, like interaction between John Cusack and his friends. And it just reminded me of, like we said, the working in the rental store and, and that sort of thing. So I gave it a three and a half. Now, Brie, mm-hmm. what is your score? Two. Wow. Wait, was this like one of your favorite movies? <laughs> yeah, she, she's <laughs> one of her four DVDs. This is one of like a half a dozen DVDs that I owned that I would now <clears throat> bring to both movies. Wow. I, I don't know... I don't know why, you guys. I don't know if I'm like, I mean, knock wood past the point of breakups in my life. I feel like you need to be in a place. It's like, Joe, like you said, I found it to be, I knew it was a hard watch. Like, I've obviously, I've seen it before. But I don't know. It's al- It was almost like cringy at parts. Like, I really had a hard time with it. Um, and I don't know if it's just like you're, you're, Maybe it's like even the fact that he's like searching for closure in those relationships. And I do think you reach a certain point in your life when you're like, you got to just move on. Right. Exactly. I don't know. It, it, and then how, like just how ugly it got with him and Laura and then how kind of lousy he was uh, a dude in general. Right. Yeah. A, a two. Yeah, not a whole lot of redemption. <laughs> yeah, no. So, Joe, if you want my copy of High Fidelity, it's all yours. I feel bad. I, don't e- I didn't even expect it. I said to Eric, I tried to actually get out of this podcast. See, this is, this is I wonder, like, if I revisit it again. Like, this is my first time watching it, so maybe I like it. That's the reason why I like it so much now. But I wonder if I revisit it a couple years down the road, if I feel differently about it now. Yeah, I feel so different about it. It's insane. It's insane. I did not expect that reaction. Like Eric made me, he was like, no, you have to talk about it. You said you'd talk about it. Did Eric make go to two? <laughs> I didn't tell Eric I was going to No, we didn't talk about scores. No, we didn't. But I'm like disappointed in myself because I just wanted to understand why I liked it at one point in my life. And I don't know. I couldn't find that reason anymore. Oh, this 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 would have been one of those cool movies where like if this is if this did so well when it came out if it did a sequel and the sequel was her side of the story during the same time it'd be kind of like it'd be kind of a cool like approach to what she was telling her friends what she was going through at the time and like we don't get to see that so it's hard to you know it's hard <laughs> to put all my judgment on one character. Well, right. let me ask you this: Do you have any interest in the? Would you have any interest in the? Is it Netflix or? 
Hulu? What's the miniseries on? Oh, oh, High Fidelity? It's yeah. on Hulu, right? I think it's on Hulu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd have to look into it. I don't know if it, like, picks up where this leads off or if it's, like, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I just don't. I think I'm in that same, yeah. I, w- I would want to be some sort of continuation. I don't want a retelling of this at all. So, yeah. like, if it, yeah, me or, like, if it, like, you know, maybe goes through different characters through a different store, like, that could be kind of cool to check out. You know, it's kind of sad that I was just thinking of um, we're pretty close to it feels like we're pretty close to CD record, whatever stores being similar to video rental stores and kids, you know, if you show a kid this 10 years from now, them being like, what, 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 what's a record? Why did you, you know, why would you buy, you could just get it online. You know, that's a tough industry to be in. Yeah. Physical media, man. As much as I love it, it is dying. I think it's good. He made the move to uh, being a record label. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's definitely more of a more hope in that, but yeah. well, sorry for my downer <laughs> review, guys. Oh no, I'm just surprised. <laughs> I know, me too, Joe. Me too. I'm surprised both ways, because uh, Joe, being honest, Joe, you would have probably rather done Empire Records, right? Right, and that's because it's a more fun film. Like, cast is more fun, likable, and like, I right. love, I love the cast more than anything else. So, like, seeing this movie and having a few characters who are great but don't get enough screen time. It's a whole different, it was completely different, which is good. Right. And, and so I thought, I would have thought that if you, sh- if you told me that someone's giving it a four and someone's giving it a two, I would have flipped you and Brie. I would have been like, <laughs> Brie's giving it a four. Joe's giving it a two. I think 10 years ago, I would have given it a four. Yeah. Well, that's all right. That's, that's, that's why we do it. So. <laughs> and see, if I see this movie now, 10 years for the first time, you know, since seeing it now, I'm sure I might give it a two as well. So, no. <laughs> so, so I think, I think you'll settle where I, I think I settled perfectly no i think that i think joe will be where i joe will land where i land but who knows we'll have to revisit it for still doing it but i think i want to sit the next one out yeah (laughs) (laughs) one so we're doing a new um new way of picking the next movie so uh as usual follow us on instagram uh worth the leafy if you have a suggestion before we get into the new way of doing the next picking movies if you have a suggestion and you message us with that suggestion we'll kind of that'll jump to the front of the line but um the way we're doing it now is instead of joe and i bickering over text all week about what to do next we're just kind of kind of you know one week i'll give up control the next week he'll give give up control and we're going to go back and forth with picks so the next one that we're going to do which we'll probably record in in a few days or so is going to be joe it's your pick you want to talk about it it's gonna be my cousin Vinny, starring joe pesci classic classic yeah i'm, I'm pretty i i don't i'm excited about this one i i don't remember the last time i watched my cousin Vinny, like not on tbs you know jumping in halfway same here that's, that's kind of like it's giving me the uh tummy boy experience where i always watch from like the middle on but never from the beginning so right right so we'll be recording that one in a few days and uh so that'll be the next one we hope to get this one up pretty soon and uh we'll we'll talk to you guys then thank you very much for listening and yeah. we'll be back in a few days yeah thank you guys and thank you again brie for joining us yeah you're thank on you. a score <laughs> <laughs> thank you joe i'll talk to you soon all right bye everyone bye